You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. Well, man, uh, the Steelers-Washington game was something else the other day, wasn't it? Yesterday. I saw parts of it. I didn't see all of it because I, uh, yeah. I was wrapping Christmas presents. <laughs> but I think the, the biggest issue with the Steelers, they've been trying to lose a game here now for about three or four weeks. And yeah. it's just like they've, they're not hitting on all cylinders, but they were winning. And as a head coach, you kind of know when that's happening and, and you try to guard against as much as you can, but they had, they must have had six or seven drops in that game that absolutely would have made the difference in the game. Yeah. And when that happens, there's a total lack of focus and concentration. Um, I know that he was real angry the week before some things happened that he wasn't happy with, even though they'd won. So, I mean, they were headed. Um, you're talking this. about Mike Tomlin. Yes, yeah. Mike Tomlin. They were headed yeah. in this direction, uh, and the, there was a tendency or trend there. The thing I'm concerned about for them in their future is their build, inability to rush the football well right now. You know, and, yeah, well, and their inability to stop. Right, and but still they can't. So the pressure's on Big Ben. The other thing is people are running the ball really well against them. They're not holding up mm-hmm. very well. So. Yeah. And if they go up to Buffalo and they play anything like they did here last night, they're going to have a real problem. Yeah. They lost two big linebackers now. They lost Bud Dupree a week ago, okay, and he took over 10 sacks with him. Then they lost uh, last night. They lost uh, Spillane, Robert Spillane. So, see, to your point now, you know, and as long as I can remember back to, to Pittsburgh, what's one of the areas that you immediately associate the Pittsburgh Steelers defense with? It's the front, it's the and front, the pass four, the front yeah. right? The front and then the linebackers, man, from yes. Jack Ham to, right. you know, Russ, Andy Russell to Jack Lambert, you know, to Dirt Winston, all the way up to Joey Porter. Right. You right. know, the, the, you're talking some old school blue collar factory working banging dudes that had downhill light you up yeah you know right. you weren't gonna run the ball against the Steelers exactly no 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 you weren't so now for them to lose that and into what you were saying about Mike Tomlin being upset last week he, they, they asked him in the press conference he said so how come you guys couldn't couldn't do this better he said because we suck and they said well what were all the mistakes attributed to attributed to sucking and then yeah. he walked off. well you know some of those questions, you know, the more you answer them as a head coach, the more it creates other questions. And that those are never-ending yeah. press conferences. So he, I think he handled the best way he can. You know, and, he, and you don't need to explain any of that to the media because you know, they just take it and they divide it and tear it apart and misuse it. And So I understand why he, he did what he did. But I also – there's just a lack of uh, energy in that team right now you know, with those receivers, the way they played. And they just didn't play at the same tempo that they've been playing with earlier. And this has been going on now for a while, but they've been good enough to win. And you look at the Dallas game. They had no business winning the Dallas game down there. Was that a month ago or five weeks ago? And, well, that was the start of it. Yeah, yeah, that was the beginning of the infection. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and they've they had a lot of things with COVID, but everybody has, you know. So they're all, yeah. all 32 teams go through the same types of things with the injuries and, you know, I think the thing that you and I talked about that's really disheartening is the number of offensive linemen that have missed the games this year throughout the league. You know, and that's yeah. and that's good. You know, of course, that gets that affects your running game, and it also affects uh, the ability to protect the quarterback. So, but there's, uh, I think, the two teams that you and I talked about at the very beginning of the season as being teams that we thought had a chance of being there at the end. And talking about Cleveland and Buffalo. And Buffalo, to me, is the best all-around team right now. 
I think they're a better team all around, not the best team, but the, you know, special teams, defense, run the football, passing game, you know, all those things. They're hitting on all cylinders right now. And, and they're kind of uh, ascent, continuing to ascend, you know. And I, I think it's, uh, I'm excited that there's some newer teams now and not the same old, same old in the, you know, headed to the playoffs, et cetera. Yeah, that's right. Now, Mike, we're going to jump to Buffalo in a second, but let me finish up something here with Washington. Uh, I, I want to I want to pay off Alex Smith because you know obviously everyone knows the story about the the, the horrific injury he had right. coming back, and I, when I'm watching this game, he is he is so efficient. The ball's out on time. Uh, he's decisive. I never see any hesitancy, and even when he gets in trouble, he manages to get the team out of trouble. He had a play where he he was about to take a sack. The sack is imminent, but he's turned, he's in the pocket, but he's turned to his right in an awkward kind of way. And I'm thinking, okay, well don't throw the ball because that's going to be an intentional, intentional grounding. You're not out of the pocket. There's no one out there, but yet he gets his arm going forward and they, they call it an incomplete pass. Yeah, right. It's almost like the defender would have been better off letting him throw the ball out there and taking the, getting the penalty. He had a receiver over in the sideline in the general direction. but Did he? Did he? Okay, he, I couldn't he see He was that. way over in the sideline, and <clears throat> I think uh, – and I, I know the play you're talking about. Yeah. The ball only went about six feet or so, and his yeah. hand just flicked forward, and, and he knew he had to do that. But, you know, there's a lot of things about that. The history – his history and what he's experienced, and particularly at the 49ers, with all that he's been through – and he's matured to the point. I think he understands what they're trying to do offensively uh, because they are a rhythm passing team. Um, he's been in that system, North system out in, in our system when I was there at the 49ers. So yeah, he, I think he just understands the game now at a different level, perhaps because he was not that type of passer as a young quarterback. He wanted to see guys come open, so to speak. Well, that's, that's a great point. That's what he I was... wanted to hold it. And I, I also I think that, Anytime a guy's played and has to sit on the street for a while, that's a good player and a competitive, they have a different outlook when they have another chance. They just do. They have it. When they come back, it, you know, Kurt Warner got kicked around and, you know, he was in Europe. He was in the arena. Uh, he got cut with the, you know, his chance up there at Green Bay. He was the fourth guy that cut him. And, you know, they get knocked around a little bit. And now when they get a chance, they're just, they're going to make the most of it. And I think that's part of where he is right now, too. Yeah. Hey, another part of this team that people have overlooked a little bit is the defensive line. Yeah, they've got oh, no. four. <laughs> yeah. They've got four first round picks on this defensive yeah. line. And uh, uh, I'm talking about uh, Chase Young. Obviously, you know who right. that is from Ohio State. Montez Sweat, he made a big play in the end there. And then Deron Payne and Joe Allen down inside at the tackles. And then don't forget about the Kerrigan kid uh, outside there at linebacker. He's also a first round pick. So. But you know, but that, you know and that showed up, him. Mike. That showed up, and that that goal line stand. Yeah, that team changed after that goal line stand against Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, that's what happens. A goal line stand just, just puts it on your ear. You know, it changes the dynamics and the the whole momentum of the game. It just is. Uh, it does. You can just feel the air go out of it on one sideline, and you feel the energy come up a whole nother level on the other sideline. So, I, but you know, Jeff Scanina played for me at the Rams, and he's our defensive line coach. He played in the league for 20 years. You know Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, you remember Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And Fire he is – they got no Great choice guy. but to play good, I can promise you. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> remember, Jeff, you know Jeff. You know how he is. So, you yeah. talk about intensity, and he just will yeah. demand that from those guys. And I think having a personality and somebody who has that kind of knowledge in a personal level for 20 years in the league, right, yeah. to have him coach that – talented defensive line is a match made in heaven. It just really is because now there's instant respect. You're going to respect him for what he was as a player, right? Mm -hmm. And his knowledge of the game, but then his, who he is, his personality. And I've always felt that about offense and defensive line, they kind of do take on the personality of uh, the guys kind of coaching them. And, and he is a tough guy and that's how they play. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. Yeah, so and now they're coming up. They've got uh, at San Francisco, which will be, I guess, at Arizona right now. Right. And, and then they've got Seattle uh, there at home. Whew. 
the road could get awful rough for Seattle. They they tripped up against the Giants, and I want to be careful by saying tripping up because I think the yeah, Giants see, have I don't, played yeah, a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. So what's the, yeah. remember we talked about this I guess five weeks ago. The Giants every week have gotten better. Well, you called that, Mike. You said that. No, you said that. You said that when no one else was saying that. They, yeah. They've gotten better every week. Even when they were losing, they were getting better. But the thing that's been so impressive, and I think he is the coach of the year, by the way, because what you could, as a, from a, Joe Judge. Yes. From a football okay. coach's perspective, as I watched them, the little details of what they do on both sides of the ball are so impressive. And they're so physical on both sides of the ball. And the quarterback, you know, you can see him before he got injured too. Jones, before he got injured, he had his best game when he got injured. And now uh, Colt McCoy comes in and he – and game manager, I hate that term because it, it's, it's, time, it's, the, it's the meaning almost to a quarterback. He's just playing good. He's playing part of the team. He's not trying to outdo himself, so to speak. So – uh, I just think they're playing winning football, and they're just—I think they're doing the best job of coaching in the league right now. I really do. Yeah, that's a strong statement, and um, you know they're you playing watch, like you it. Watch and I where think they the people go. have bought in. You watch them on defense; they've gotten so much better too. You know, and they're yeah. running the ball. Uh, they're just not—they—they they play like a Belichick team plays. They don't beat themselves. You know, they don't do right. dumb things on. You know, they—they they don't. You don't see them with a lot of penalties. Just. You know, they really are a well-disciplined football team. Yep. No, they are. So they'll have Carolina after Seattle at home. So Seattle, Carolina at home. And then uh, Philadelphia, they'll, they'll finish up with Philadelphia. So now they're five and seven. Okay. You know, they're right there with the Giants. And, and all of a sudden, two teams that people didn't think much about and care much about except for you are, uh, are all of a sudden in, in this mix hot and heavy. Now, now let me go to the Bills game. Uh, I, I thought I thought San Francisco came out and they said, okay, we're going to do the tough guy routine that we did with the Rams. We're going to punch you in the mouth. You know, they, they got the, uh, the running back going uh, pretty well early, Mostert, and they kept the game pretty simple for Mullins. But sooner or later, he had to make a play, and I, I, I thought that's where it changed. I, I didn't think – not that Garoppolo hasn't been criticized, but I, I thought Mullins could only take you so far. Well, Mullins, his problems when he's throwing the balls on his feet, he doesn't set himself very well, and that's an accuracy issue. He's an accurate guy, and mm -hmm. I, I listened to Greasy just beat him up on, on TV at ball location all that, and he's at, and he's, it's true. The ball location down there when it should have been a touchdown, he threw it behind him a little bit. and Yeah. And then on the uh, fourth down play, he didn't, you know, he underthrew it a little bit, but all that is setting your feet. And he's, he's just not set when he makes those throws. And he could have been because he had clean feet. He had a clean pocket. So right, that's an easy thing to rep and fix. And, I, you know, I just think that uh, what they did defensively, they stayed in primarily the same zone through most of the game, and they just tore them up, you know. When you do that, they're too good at what they do in the passing game. They've done a really good job there uh, with Allen in, in terms of how they attack people. And he's very confident about splitting zones with the ball. And he wants to be able to lose right all the time by time. But, you know, he's almost impossible to sack. You know, yeah. many times you thought he was going to go down and he breaks out of there somehow. And right now they're hitting on all cylinders. They're, they're a pretty darn good football team. Yeah, they are. Now, Buffalo – they returned to the scene of the crime, meaning the big Hail Mary touchdown pass. And, you know, I, sometimes maybe mentally that can weigh on you a little bit, but they didn't seem like it did. They came out and played well. I think and it was again, a good thing. I think it was that? a good thing. I think yeah. it was a good thing because what happened, it just uh, – they played, they played well enough, obviously, to win the game and should have really won that game. Yeah. And I think good teams, when that happens, it just kind of ticks them off more than anything else. You know, they, they just – they strap up and they – and they go at it even harder. And that's what you'd hope they did. And I think that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the guy I keep seeing over and over play well is the quarterback, Josh Allen. He's just, just that you good. didn't believe that a quarterback is important in the whole mix here. Yeah. Uh, then you're not watching a lot of NFL football. Well, why do people not want to believe he's that good? And they, they keep referring back to his first couple of years and, and what he was. And it just drives me nuts. It's just, you know, your third and fourth year is when you start to really mature as a player at that position. And it's just like Wentz, you know, when they're 
when they're, the rest of the team is going down around you, you got no chance. But when they're going up around you, like Allen and, and Buffalo, then you got a chance. Well, now, wait, let's, let's run this back now. Let's run this again, Mike. So I think in that division, the, the AFC East, people are so accustomed to one guy being the guy. Right. And he's now down in no, Tampa you're right. Bay. You're okay? right. That's, that's, that's one part of it. Then another part of it is Buffalo has gone up and down with their quarterbacks probably since Jim Kelly left. They now, have, Ryan, yes. Ryan was there for a while. Ryan Fitzpatrick was there for a while. And I, I can't remember if we were he doing – He played really well, really, yeah. really well. Yeah, did we, I, I, did we do a game up there once when he was there? I can't – No, he wasn't there then, but we did a game – no, he, we did the, he, he they played up. the Rams up there. They played the Rams up there, and they beat the Rams up there. That's the game that we did. Okay, okay. I don't think he was there then. Okay, so my, my point is you really haven't had a guy since Jim Kelly. Right. Right? You've gone to, my gosh, uh, Rob Johnson, J.P. Lossman, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Tyrod Taylor's up there. for. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And so I think it's taken people a while to say, oh, yeah, just another, uh, you know, two year and out quarterback in Buffalo. No, he's a little better. Now they've got to get over this playoff hump. You know, they went to the playoffs last year, you know, against Houston, got knocked out in a tough game. So now they got to, you know, get through that. But he is the guy in this division right now. Like I said, no question. who else is there? And, and I think they believe it. And I think Sean McDermott is a lot better coach than people want to give him credit for. Oh, there's no question. And what, what he's done with the organization there as they built over the last three years, and they had what they felt they had to do to win a championship. Yeah. Now they let yeah. a couple of good defensive players go to pick up a wide receiver last year. You know, yeah. that's and, pretty good wideout. And Stephon and, Diggs, and that's right. Remember, and we yeah. talked about Diggs when they signed him as being one of the big signs in the offseason. Yeah. And sure enough, look at the impact he's had. You yeah. know, and and it's just like we talked about. You've got to give a, a quarterback like like Allen, that's talented like that. You got to get him receivers and linemen, and you know, so that he can do what he does, you know, and impact the game. So they're playing good defense, not great. They were better on defense probably earlier. But the other thing about them that I really like is I think the last, I think one of the games that they lost, and we talked about this, I wish I could remember who it was. They were so conservative in that game, they didn't let Allen play. By that, I mean, like they let him loose here last night. And uh-huh. let him throw the ball quite a bit. And he got in a rhythm. And when you get a guy that's just hitting on all cylinders like that at quarterback, you just let him play. You just let him all play. Right. And don't draw it in and try and, you know, you just let him go. And and they catch fire and they're hard to stop. And that's what they do with them. And, and I'm glad they're doing that because they were reluctant to do that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, so so now they're, they're sitting in pretty good shape in, in this division. They're at nine and three. And the Dolphins, another surprise for a lot of people at eight and four. Um, you know, but these two teams are in control. I don't want, I'm not counting New England out yet, but six and six, heck, from what I've seen from that team this year, that ain't all that bad for them because it, it could be a lot, it could be a lot worse than six and six. Well, it could be in, in the quarterback position is killing them right now, and, and they yeah. know that and they're avoiding it. So, I, mean, I think he threw for six yards. They yanked him after that half because they're ahead so much. But he's yeah. just not an effective passer right now, and you got and that can't you can't win a championship like that. Yeah. Well, I take that back. Only one team's ever done that. And that's Baltimore. Baltimore with Trent Dilfer. With Trent yeah. Dilfer, yeah, that's right. He was a liability for them. They still won. Yeah, yeah. Was was Rex Grossman also in that category? I know he didn't win it that year that they played. Indy down in, I think it was Miami for the Super Bowl. Uh, but is he, would you put him in that same kind of category? No, I think he's like Mullins. I think, I think he's a, he was a good quarterback that had some limitations, but good enough to win with. Yeah. You can win a Super Bowl with him. Uh-huh. Um, but he was disciplined. He, he functioned within the offense. He didn't try to do more than what he was asked to do. The problem with Rex is they never gave him anything around him. You know, the receivers that they had at that time in Chicago, they were all special teams players. They didn't have a one or a two. They're all threes and fours. And that's what they expected him to go win with because they put all the money on defense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cowboys and Ravens. Are there enough games for you, Mike, this week? 
<laughs> I game every night, right? That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So two two on Monday. Now we got an, another one Tuesday night. The uh, three and eight Cowboys taking on the six and five Ravens. I think uh, Lamar Lamar Jackson's going to play. By the way, coming off the COVID list officially, uh, L- Lamar is figuring out that what happened last year really has no bearing to what happens next year, even if you well, won the MVP. <laughs> Well, ho- hopefully those coaches will figure the same thing out because they, they do need to change what they were doing with them. They're yeah. so predictable. And it, when you're predictable in this league anymore, eventually people zero in on you pretty good. Yeah. So it's six and five. Okay. You know, you're still, you're not out of it yet, but you're, you're in a division now that all of a sudden has just turned into a firestorm. With Pittsburgh, yeah. even with the loss, they're still smoking along at eleven and one. Right, and then uh, uh, Cleveland at nine and three. All right, in front of in front of you, Baltimore. In front of you, the only the only team behind you is Cincinnati, and, and they've lost a quarterback. But six and five, you know, all all wins count now. No question. I just don't know offensively if they can get it done. I just I don't you know either. with Lamar. I don't. I don't you know, they expect him just to be creative and there's just not a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, creativity there with him. Um, but we'll see, you know, he's such a good player that, that he can take over a game. You just, he's, especially against the Cowboys because you never know what you're going to get out of the Cowboys. Yeah, that, no, that's true. That's true. All right, coach, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Run It Again after this message. Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at CardboardToHeadboard.org. On this week's episode, we have you covered on all things NFL. From the Monday night football doubleheader and what it meant for the Steelers and the 49ers to Alex Smith to the surging NFC East, we break down all the action from week 13. Then we look at the playoff picture and the week 14 matchups that affect it. Beyond that is Carson Wentz done in Philadelphia. And of course, we have Fangirl Says, Who's Hot, Who's Not. With all the NFL action, Friday Night Lights will have to wait until next week. Sorry, Coach Taylor. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Be sure to join them every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again. All right, so give me your thoughts on this Jet Raider game, and then I'll give you my thoughts. And you can just start with the last 13 seconds if you want. You don't have to go through the whole. Game. You know, it was blacked out out here on, on Channel oh. 8. You know, the national te- – down here, we couldn't get it. It was all Down there out. in San Diego, you couldn't get that game. Yeah, there's a deal here with the TV station. They yeah. won't pay something or whatever. So, mm. it's, there's a bunch of stations across the country. Anyway, we didn't we didn't see it. I saw the, the trailers, you know, some of that. But yeah, I don't know – I'm trying to figure out why he did that. And the only thing I can figure out is if, if they had a timeout, they being the Raiders. Yeah. And, and he felt like Greg felt like uh, they're going to get a chunk and put in a position. Cause they're on like the 46 going in. Right. Yeah. So if they, if he was concerned about a 20 or 30 yard chunk and he's trying to keep him to a quick throw and tackle him and keep him back away from the end zone, uh, because he felt like they could burn a timeout. If they got a 20-yard play, burn a timeout, and then throw it into the end zone at 20 yards, which is hard. Yeah. I mean, defensively, that's not a good thing for you. You know, 46 to the 20 or the 15, that's a big deal. So that's the only thing – that's the only reasoning I could come up with, you know, why he played that defense. Uh, because, you, as you know, it, it, when you bring eight guys, the secondary coach tells you, listen, we're bringing the ranch – they can't throw it deep, sit on it. And that's exactly what the kid did. He said, see, remember, you, have they not yeah. said that to you when you were playing? Listen, they're bringing eight. They got to get the ball out quick. It's got to be a slant, hitch, fade, whatever. And then he he came a little stutter. He bought time, worked up in the pocket, and that was it. All right, so let me, let me, let me run it again for you here. I, I have heard that, but I haven't heard that with 13 seconds left, and they got a score. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. I'd have told that coach, you. Yeah. First of all, okay. I'd have burned the timeout if I'm a player. If I promise you, if that came in, wouldn't you burn the timeout? Right, right. Well, you're not, you're not cutting me tomorrow, okay, so yeah. I can break up a, a 12-yard comeback. 
with 13 right. seconds left and they got to score. There's no way. If you're going to beat me, everything's going to be in front of me. Right. And now let me again, Mike, let me run this back. A couple of weeks ago, you were saying, all right, defensive coordinators to change things. He's been blitzing all game long. He's been bringing pressure all game long. And you don't like guys that change things, right? Well, he didn't change things. Is he right? Should he oh, have no. changed there? Oh, yeah. No, he's he's wrong. Period. He's yeah. wrong. And, and I think if you ask him today, uh, if he's going to tell you the truth, he knows he's wrong. I mean, that was just a wrong call to make. But yeah. the rookie corner, a veteran corner thing. is not going to let that happen. Yeah. I, he's I'm an not- undrafted rookie corner sitting out there. In camp, they told him eight-man blitz, you know, it's going to be quick. Sit on it. He's just he's doing what he's coached to do. He didn't know the situation. Like no, it's not. About. It's not his fault. My gosh, though. But it isn't a, his fault. And they and they, they crucified the poor kid. Uh, right, and that's what happens. Unfortunately, it's like you know what people do when they get mad. They go to social media and start going crazy. And that's what happens in this league. You know, when when kid gets beat like that, and he's the last man standing. But I don't. I don't run that call. I don't run that, Mike. I, oh, I, no, I don't. No. And I don't. And if I run that, if I run that, I'm telling guys, all balls got to be caught in front of you. And then you got to make a tackle. But now I'm going to give some kind of help to this kid. I, you know, I don't know. I, but he didn't have I, I don't know if they had a timeout before the play or if they had time over there. He can't convey that to a rookie corner. That's a free agent. You know, I mean, he yeah. with the people that he had in there and the matchups for him to do that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Just go four across. OK, we're going to play four across. You're going to drop your, your, yeah, yeah, your three backers four, yeah. in the zones and everybody's going to make a tackle and stay on your feet. That, that's it. I, I just when I saw hey. it and of all people, Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. What <laughs> is Henry Ruggs? A four two. 40-yard yeah. guy, one of those combine guys, all that stuff. You know, he's, he's known for speed. And they had to be smiling. When they, and another thing, uh, in, in the last couple plays leading up to that, I noticed that Carr, they were bringing the pressure, but the pressure was coming around him, and he kept stepping up in the pocket. So at some point, if I'm going to bring the pressure, if I were Greg, I might have brought somebody in A-gap, you know, safety or somebody in a B gap, bring something inside so he can't keep stepping up. And that's what he did on the last play. But so here's what they were concerned about. Listen to the comments from the players afterwards. They were really concerned about cars um, scrambling. Yeah. And so they're trying to keep him boxed in. Um, right. They Even didn't more the reason. They, and they felt like under pressure, he, you know, he's that he's at his worst under pressure. That's why they were blitzing him. Well, they were probably wrong. right. You know, yeah. yeah. But no, they were, I mean, the kid, you know, looking at his numbers, they were really good in the game. Yeah. They didn't run the ball yeah. worth a hoot, but they, you know, his numbers were pretty good. Yeah. Um, I didn't see the game. So they probably harassed him all game and felt like it was working. Uh, but <sighs> they, they were intent on not letting him scramble. They felt like, the end of the game like that, and if he scrambled, he could lay one down the field, and they might get one. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. No matter how you look at it, you just don't make that call. You just don't. And yeah. I, I like Greg. I think he's very inventive. I think he's a terrific coach. Uh, yeah. I wish he hadn't made that call. Yeah. A lot of people are asking, okay, so why do you fire him and not the head coach now? Or, well, who made the call? A, you're right. Right. That's apples and oranges. Right. Who made the call? Who made the yeah. call? So and it's not just that if he fired him, if it was if it was just over that play, maybe he doesn't fire him. Yeah. But he fires him in my mind. I don't know that that was a, a match from the very beginning for for Adam, perhaps. Yeah. There may have been a lot of things that he wasn't happy about throughout the season. And this is just could be the culmination of that. You don't know. Yeah. And um, I don't know. And Adam. Um, you know what happens when you're winning a game like that at the very end, somebody will come up and say something to you, you take your headset off and and you and then you're not watching that game. I don't know what happened to him, but if I'm at him, I burn that time out and <laughs> I hear that call because he's on he's on there and you hear that and you go, Well, whoa, 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 you know. Uh, but That's they, right. they'd they'd blissed him to play before, evidently. And so I mean, I don't know. I just Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, I just didn't like the way the other blitzes were going. He kept stepping up. In the series before, he skipped one into the end zone, and, and it was incomplete. But he stepped up again. So I would have been like, okay, I, I'm, I'm done letting this guy step up. I, I almost would, like I said, I probably had gone four across, dropped everyone, 
everyone keep everything in front of you, rally up, make a tackle. We're going to make them do it the hard way. If they hit, you know, I'd rather have them hit a, a Hail Mary on me than, than, than lose like that. Because I could have stopped that easily. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I, I wish I knew whether the Raiders had a timeout or not, because that does affect yeah. what you call there as well. Yeah. And I don't know if they did. If they did have a timeout, I can kind of see why he'd blitz them. They, you know, uh, but just to leave that corner out there, yeah. Like I said, you can undo coaching. When you got a young kid just trying to survive in the league and they tell you, hey, eight-man blitz, you sit on it because they can't throw it deep. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know situations. You know, he just doesn't. Oh. He doesn't yeah. know to lay off regardless and not get beat deep. He doesn't know that. And there's an element of gambling when you're a corner. You know that, Mike. But I was always taught from an early age, uh, work from the worst possible thing that can happen forward. No question. So what's the one thing I can't give up here? Let's say I'm in cover three, a thirds play. I can't give up the deep ball. Sure, they're gonna they can catch an out, slant, stop route, all that stuff. None of that, none of those plays, like I tell my guys, none of those plays ever make highlights. You know, did you see the move by the receiver? Yeah. It was a nothing move, it's just a little stutter step. No. And he it threw him off balance. And you just can't let that happen. Like you said, you gotta know the situation. You just yeah. do. Yeah. But yeah. an inexperienced young youngster like that, he just He's just you're, trying you're to right. survive, you know. You're, you're right. You're right. Okay, so, hey, that was a big win now for the Raiders because that, that would have been now, let me see, lost to Kansas City, then they went to Atlanta and lost. So that would have been three in a row, and now you got to come home and explain how you lost to the winless Jets. But that said, this feels like a lose-lose for everybody. Okay, obviously the Jets lose the game, but if you're the Raiders, what do you do? Run around saying, that's right, we came back and beat the Jets on a last second play against a rookie corner. That's right. We're feeling good. Mm. Well, that's John's mantra reading after, you know, what he said after the game. I get that, you know, wins a win and I, there's no such thing as an ugly win. It's no, true. You I, take the win, but you, yeah. you know, you get what I'm saying though. You, yes. you got to understand what, what just happened. It, you know, to say it was against the jets and it's, it's, it's just, it's like beating the, you know, the chiefs. Yeah. It's a win. It counts the same, and they went across country and did something that they had not done but one time in 10 games. You know, they won (laughs) on the East Coast. So that's the other part of that. Yeah. Gosh, man. Okay. So this coaching thing now, I counted one, two, three, four. Mike, I've counted nine possible coaching vacancies by the time this thing, uh, you know, at the end of the season. Okay. So, and I'll run them down to you. And then some of them, I, you know, I'm, I'm a little on the fence about it because it's hard to know what's going to happen, but all right. So Houston. Yeah. Bill O'Brien's gone there. And, 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 um, uh, uh, Cornell is in there right now and we'll see if that holds. Right. Right. Uh, Philadelphia. I, I don't know. What do you think is, is, I don't know. I hate to speculate on guys losing their job because I've been there, Ron. You know, I know. I, I do. I, I, exactly. I hate I, to talk I, about yeah. that. Um, I really do. Uh, if I hadn't been a head coach in the league, maybe it'd be easy. But I, it, it hurts me to to talk about the guys possibly losing their jobs. It's really hard. You. It's really you. difficult for me. I, I do know, though, that there are good jobs and jobs that aren't so good. And these some yeah. of these young guys coming up that will be candidates – they have to avoid that that thing that the agents tell them. Hey, this is the best deal for you. You there. You got a five year deal for X million dollars, whatever it is. It's better than this deal. More importantly, don't take a head job that they don't know how to win or aren't trying to win. If that I know mm-hmm. that sounds silly, but there are some teams you just don't want to go to just to be a head coach because all you're doing is renting a space for two years and you're not going to be there after two years, you know? And, and so I think if you're really good, uh, you know, like uh, uh, the coordinator of Kansas city, right. If you're really good, you pick a spot where they kind of are trying to win and they kind of know how to win. The personnel is good and they give you control over your staff. Yeah. When you're, when you're going to go be a head coach and they say, listen, okay, you've got the job better. You're going to hire this guy as a defensive coordinator. You're going to hire this. You're going to hire. No, no, no. You've yeah. got to be able to have the people that you want in there and you can't take a job without some control or say so in the personnel. My first question would be about the staff. And then my second question would be the personnel that's used. 
you know, how are personnel decisions? Who is the guy? And because I certainly wouldn't want to make those decisions, but you have a, you'd like to have a little right of refusal on some of that, you know, but the personnel department is the lifeblood because it's a player's league, right? I mean, it is, it's all about players and getting the right players is their responsibility. So that is in just absolutely paramount to your success. And so mm-hmm. if you go someplace where they've got the same personnel stuff for 25 years, they haven't won in 25 years, guess what? They ain't going to win. Nothing's going to change. You know, yeah. it's like Detroit for years. They had 25 years of the same old, same old on to hike and, and a, a carousel coaches in there and none of them won because they did. They went through the same process of getting personnel. So the, the personnel was never upgraded to the point where it needed to be and the needs weren't addressed like they should be. So you just, if I'm a young guy coming up, you know, I'm being considered for some of these jobs and I've got a great coordinator job. I keep that job unless there's a job out there where I think you can really win. You know, and number one thing is, by the way, who's a quarterback, right? Right. Who's a quarterback? That's another factor. Yeah. Okay. So let, let, let me just take it from this angle then. So, the jobs that have already or teams that have already made uh, have fired coaches. Okay. Now they've got an interim in there. Let me talk about Houston, Atlanta, Detroit, and congratulations to Daryl Bevel. I, you know, he got a win. That was a big win. I think that the awesome. team needed that the city need, city needed that. So uh, like out of, of those three teams, Mike, how do you, how do you assess their administration? How do you assess well, you have you know, to go look at their history and how they've drafted and their willingness to get – and do they spend to the cap? Yeah. So I'm telling my agent, listen, I want to find out if they spend to the cap. Let's go back and look at their draft and let, let's look at the free agent, how they operate in personnel. And Houston right now, they've got a good roster. They've got a really good roster. And you got a quarterback. And you got a quarterback. To yeah. me, that's a very appealing job. Trade it away. Kind of, your, they your do know how to win. And they want to win. They're trying to do all the right things. So to me, as a young guy, that's got to be a priority. Yeah. I think that job would be a priority for anybody trying to be a head coach in this league. I think that's got to be kind of a honey of a job down there. Yeah. Mike, they keep uh, making changes in their administration. Okay. And I, I don't want to delve too deep into this because I, I don't know exactly what's going on. But, you know, things like, a, okay, a, a person, a, um, a, a PR person who's been there a long time, Amy Palchek, she was just let go all of a sudden. And then a couple other people in the organization were like surprise firings. Are those red flags or is that just a sign that, hey, maybe the organization is trying to go in a different direction? That direction may not be bad. How do you look at that? It, it depends on if they're trying to go in the same direction as the organization wanted to go. Right. So, oh, right. Yeah. And that, and that's what happens. It, you know, disagree. You can disagree. And I think that's very healthy, you know, to input, but um, everybody's got to be on board and pulling their weight. It, it's so hard to win when you have, you have good players, but it, the organization is kind of pulling in, in different directions. It's so complicated. It's just so complicated. Yeah. That's why you need, a personality at the very top, whether it's the president or the head coach that, you know, like Belichick and like Pete, that everybody is really trying to work towards or please isn't the right word probably, but everybody's trying to be a facilitator and they're, and they're all moving in the same direction. You have no idea how hard that is to get that situation in the league. It's just very difficult. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Okay, so we've got the, the Cowboys and Ravens. And uh, did you give me did you give me a prediction on that game? I, I think the Ravens will win this. I, I do. I, I I like you know the Cowboys have have moved. They just don't know how to win. They just they just don't know how to win. That's that's the only way to say that. They just yeah. don't compete at a high level over a long period of time. What's Jerry going to do down there at the end of the season? I think if he if he would let Mike go, I think it would be an admission of uh, failure on his part, and I don't think he can do that. <laughs> to be honest with you. So no, I that, think Mike, that, uh, Mike's not going to lose his job, but I think there'll yeah. be other people that lose their job. Yeah, I don't, I, for some reason, I don't think that's one of Jerry's strong no. points. It, it may- <laughs> My bad. No, he's, he's never going to have a Jerry say, "My bad." Oh boy. And I don't okay. know that that was a mistake. I think it's such yeah. a dichotomy. I think they're diametrically opposed. What was there and what's there now, right? In terms of coaching philosophies, and 
And obviously Jason is pretty good. Look what he's done up in New York. So, and by the way, there's a guy right there that should be considered again to be a head coach. Someplace. You know, I was just thinking about that. I, I like Jason Garrett. You know, I've had a chance to meet Garrett. I know you've met Garrett and know Garrett. I've had a chance to meet Jason several times and, you know, he just, he's a breath of fresh air. He, he is, isn't he? In some ways, <laughs> you almost wonder, why are you in football? You he's such be, a good guy. You he's... should be uh, selling stock or insurance, you know, in a nice he quiet such... town in, some, in Indiana or something. He is such a nice person. He's one of the nicest people and so upbeat and positive yeah. all yeah, it's the like, time. Are, are you, you know? a part of this NFL thing? Dude, why are you so nice and happy? How, how could you not want him as your head coach is what I want to know, right? Right, and, right. You know, I don't. And obviously, when you look at it, he wasn't a problem, Don Dallas, was he? So no. oh. look what look at the impact he's had on the Giants. Oh, boy. he's taking him in the right direction. I think he'll get another opportunity. Just a question of where. I, I, yeah, I Houston, actually, you never know. I would actually like to see him get another opportunity. And then sometimes guys just aren't head coaches, are they? Yeah, that, that's true. But Jason definitely is a head coach. I promise you. I had a chance to be down there for a week in, in their camp a couple yeah. years ago. And I watched him as a head coach and I was, I didn't know that much about him as a coach. I knew him personally and, and you know, I had dinner with him a couple of times over the years, but um, watching his leadership and the respect that he got from the players and who he is to me, that's, that's kind of who I want to be as a coach, you know, yeah. but it fell far short. You know, he is, he is really what you want as a head coach. In my opinion, he, he just is the best. Yeah. Well, let's preview forward here with uh, the few minutes we've got left. The Patriots and Rams Thursday night. That's going to be here in in uh, Los Angeles where I'm at. And uh, all of a sudden the Rams in this division, you know, the Seahawks drop one to the Giants. The Rams take care of business. And, uh, you know, they're in control of the division. And they're going to go play uh, Seattle. So they've got another game coming up up there in Seattle. But – you know, they've already taken uh, a game, so they've kind of got a half-game lead on them. The problem with the Patriots uh, trying to go out there and beat them is quarterback position. And mm-hmm. I think uh, if they can get a good lead on them in the first half, that's it. Uh, they, I, I, the Patriots yeah. absolutely cannot play catch-up with that quarterback, with no. Cam. They just can't do no. it. They're not good enough. No, and I, and they, they've got to find a way to block Aaron Donald and find a way to handle the defense. Not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So – I think so, the I think the Rams put a thumping on them. That's honest. that's kind of what I've I've I figured too. But as, as we say, they got they got to play this game. Yeah. So any other matchups this week and intriguing to you? I know Kansas City they're in control now. See, I think things switch now, especially with the injuries on defense for Pittsburgh. Uh, I think things switch now in, in Kansas City's favor in the AFC, at least the road to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I still am a big fan of Buffalo. Yeah. No, not counting them out. Yeah. yeah no. I, I just think Buffalo yeah. is even with the three losses or whatever they have, they, they are really a good football team and they are, they're one of those ascending teams when you need to ascend right now. And unfortunately yeah. watching Pittsburgh play the last three or four weeks, they they're on a little bit of a slide in terms of performance, which is scary, even though they yeah. won. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but you now- know, and Baker Mayfield and that crew up there, and the, you know, and the, there's no mistake on the lake now, is there? <laughs> so, <laughs> isn't that funny what winning does? Yeah, it's awesome. Oh boy, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, going back to Buffalo, and, and before I do that, uh, Browns taking on the Ravens next Monday night, the 14th. That'll be interesting. But now Pittsburgh going to Buffalo, okay, and that's that's going to be a pretty intense game. I. You know, I played in a couple of those Pittsburgh Buffalo games, and those two cities are very close. All right, yeah. you know, a lot, lot, lot of relatives going back and forth from <laughs> Pittsburgh to Buffalo, and I, yeah. I hope it's cold. I hope it's snowing because I love that stuff. I don't know, maybe because I grew up with a Packer family. I don't know, but Mike, this is one yeah. of these where man, oh gosh, this is this is kind of where no matter what's been hurting you all season and whatever happened, you yeah. know. Mm, Let's go. Let's get down. I think I think this is Buffalo's coming out party. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I feel Bills. like that. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. are energizing this win here last night. Just yeah, just pumped them up even more. And the quarterback is just right now out of his head. Uh, they're playing so well. Uh, they didn't rush the ball real well. I don't like what they're doing 
you know, that outside zone against a penetrating defense, you know, I just, you have to change how you run the ball and they need to just be very particular about how they rush the ball against this front that's coming up. So uh, they do need to rush the football, but I don't, I just, you know, with the losses of a couple of guys that are on defense with Pittsburgh and, you know, they're not running the ball very well. And I, I think, uh, you know, I just think Buffalo wins this one. Yeah, Buffalo gets it done on defense uh, somehow. And I like Tredavious White at corner. He he makes his plays. And I like this Klein kid. He's not a kid. He's a veteran. The linebacker, number 51 for Buffalo. Always around the football. Yeah. Always making plays. So yeah, he's a good is, downhill is, player, boy. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. Uh, what else? Green Bay and... Detroit, you know, Green Bay is in control. This thing at nine and three. See, the problem for Buffalo going back to Buffalo at nine and three now, you know, you've got two other teams in the AFC, uh, three other teams in the AFC, probably ahead of you for sure, Pittsburgh and Kansas City with better records. So unless you steal the win now, you're going to end up having to go through one of those cities for a playoff. So that's another reason this game is big, Mike. Right. But remember, too, with the playoffs, there there are no fans either. So a little bit of that travel mystique is is, uh, worn off a little. You know what I mean? The the stands are, for the most part, empty. So, yeah. um, And I think that would be to their advantage to playing that game in Buffalo, wouldn't it? You know, that Buffalo crowd, you know how they are. But I I think uh, over the next few weeks, if they they can beat Pittsburgh and they continue, anything can happen with Kansas City because I just – I just still don't think defensively they're good enough. Yeah. Maybe one day, Mike, you can tell your, your Buffalo send-off story as you <laughs> you guys were leaving the story there in Buffalo. We, we've got to get that a different radio. <laughs> yeah, it's an R story for sure. Yeah, yeah it, this, and we're pretty uh, G and PG right now, so yeah. we'll, we'll hold on to that. But, yeah, that's, that, you got to be careful of that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's be interesting. <laughs> only in Buffalo, Ron, only in Buffalo. Oh, oh, only in Buffalo, right, right. Yeah. And I, it feels like, uh, I don't know, something's wrong. And I, and I made a mistake on that. I think I said the Seahawks going to the Jets. Jets going to Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks, mm. They're in trouble. Yeah, They're not running the ball right. at all. They're just not yeah. rushing the ball at all. Defensively, there was a meltdown. And the, the, the Giants made no mistakes against them. Uh, they put all the pressure on the quarterback to win the game. Yeah. And they didn't have big numbers on offense. It was a very low number in terms of passes. Like I think they threw for 150 yards talking about the giants or, but they rushed the football and they hurt. They just, I don't know if the Jets can do that. Yeah. I don't know, but I wouldn't, funnier things have happened. They, you know, playing with house money, they just come in there and, and you're not going to believe that they're a real good team. And yet they think they're going to get better. Um, they got this might be when the Jets steal. You never know. Yeah, Titans going down to the Jaguars. Hey, NFL, you can always lose a game, even though the Jags are one eleven. Tennessee feels like it's all about number uh, the Derek Derek Henry. Okay, it's all about him. And well, here's a mistake they made in that game uh, to Cleveland. I think they were going to do what they've done in the past. They were going to be conservative and pound it and keep the ball away from Baker in that offense. Right. And when you do that, that's great. But if he only rushes for 60 yards in the game and it's all in the, in the first half for the most part, um, you got to get off that theme because that other team's going up and down the field. So you, you've got to change gears and they did in the second half, but it took them a whole half to change gears. And then Tannehill got hot and they started coming back. But yeah, I think that was a mistake that they made uh, other than giving up 350 yards at half. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill is proving how good you can actually be when you have a running back in front of yes. you. Yes. And that, yes. that, that helps a lot. And then lastly, Kansas City and uh, Miami, 11 and 1, 8 and 4. This game at Miami, we'll get a chance to see exactly how good uh, the Dolphins are right now. We will, and see if that Dolphin defense can resurrect, so to speak, and, and show up like they were here about a month ago. They were playing so well. Yeah. And um, I think Tom will beat his Tom Brady will beat his best, and and um, I, that's a great game to watch. That'll be it's yeah. probably the game of the week. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes just uh, he he keeps doing things that I'm like wow, wow, and, and he, in so he, many weapons with Tyreek Hill and Watkins and uh, Kelsey, just it's ridiculous. Kelsey and Hill that duo, those two oh. are just unmatched. And Hill when he gets the ball, he's just a blur, you know. 
That that would scare me. See that that's the one. You know, he's got the speed. You know, so he's got the best of both worlds. You know, he can switch into fifth gear and run away from you. But he's got so much quickness, Mike. That's the thing that that scared the crap out of me as a player. Yeah, I can negate speed. Okay, I, I, if I got something on you at the line and I and made you run a circle, I could cut you out. I could I could handle speed, but quickness. If I missed you, it's like a gunfight. If I'm slow out of the holster and it, you did. Sorry, yeah. Miss Jackson. See, Hill over. to me is a consummate receiver. That's the receiver that that I love. You know, the guy that yeah. can has a top end speed, but can. Oh. Yeah. Turn on a dime and give you change. You know, he's yeah. got that quick without stuttering his feet. And, yeah. you know, he's unique. And then Kelsey, my goodness. And then Mahomes making the the throws that he can make contorted with his body. He has just – he looks like, doesn't he, when you watch him play, like he's, hey, let's go let's go to the park and play football today. You know, yeah. He's, yeah, that's <laughs> the guys right. just got together, no. going to go play football, flag football yeah. in the park. It's just, you know, he's just yeah. demeanor. He just, you know, it's no big deal. And everyone's healthy. For yeah. the most part, right? Yeah. Defensively, I worry about them being able to. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, they've, they've, what they have is they get on people so fast. This is what we used to do. You get on so fast, you make their offense one dimensional. Yeah. And so now you make them throw the football most of the time, which they really don't want to do, so to speak. And that's what they've been able to do to a lot of good teams. That's the best way to play defense, Mike. Score some damn points. Yep. And then, I'll but take you know, that anytime. but Cleveland, they, they've got to stop this. If they should drive me nuts, one's at the Rams. You get this big lead, and yeah. they come back, and and all of a sudden, you know, it's that loose defense. You know, the, the tempo on de- on your defense has changed, and if they're going to win a championship, they got to resolve that. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. I've taken enough of your time. I'm sure you got a golf course or something to get to. No, no, I'm wrapping packages and putting oh, up yeah. Christmas decorations. You're playing Santa Claus. That's right. I got to get to that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. See you next week. Thanks, Ron. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Now it's time to turn the mic around and hear from you, our listeners. Got a question for me or the coach? Just send us an email at runitagainpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at runitagainpod. Be sure to join us next Tuesday as we answer some of those email and social media questions and we'll discuss the importance of the defensive line. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com and be sure and hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe and stay healthy, everyone. Run it again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz is a Benstown and McVay Media Podcast production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ed Maloney, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Run It Again Podcast.